Amen. If you all will, please, where you are, rise this morning for the reading of Scripture. This morning, our passage comes from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. It reads, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that was called the Beautiful Gate, to ask for alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver nor gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. The word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may all be seated. Good morning, friends. Good morning, church family. Good morning to our visitors who are joining us virtually this morning. It is good to be back with you in some sense, even though we are still conducting services remotely. I want to thank you all for your prayers and your well wishes. And if you do not mind this morning, I'm going to try to stick closely to the script because this has been yet another heavy week. Again, Hundreds, thousands have gathered for the funeral of George Floyd. Protests around the nation continue. Calls for reform, for concrete reform in policing. We've watched all week as video after video goes viral of police using the same heavy-handed tactics that people are protesting. We have reports of extremist groups coming to these protests with the sole purpose of trying to incite tensions and escalate things. We have tweets from our leaders threatening violence, misinformation, threatening the use of the military. This week we watched as a peaceful crowd was dispersed 
using tear gas, flash grenades, rubber bullets, so that one individual could take a picture in front of a church using the Bible as a prop. Yes, my friends, this has been a very heavy week. And the problem is that we, we've, we've been here before. The protests take place demanding justice, political pundits get on TV expressing more concern over the destruction of property than over the destruction of black lives in our streets. Politicians act more concerned with silencing protesters than with addressing the violence that people are protesting against. And when all the hashtags fade from our memory, the question is, what is going to change? What are the concrete changes going to be in the end? We look at the patterns in our country's history. We look at our administration. We look at what some people say and the silence of others. What's going to change? And in the midst of all of this, if, if I can be perfectly honest with you this morning, one of the questions that has really burned on me this week is what will the white preachers say from white pulpits this morning? If I can really be honest, in those white evangelical churches, where 80% of people heard the racialized rhetoric, heard the divisive rhetoric, heard the combative rhetoric, where 80% heard the way our Hispanic neighbors were talked about, the way African-American neighbors were talked about, and decided that even if they didn't endorse it, they were willing to tolerate it. And for what? The promise of political prestige? The promise of popularity in the halls of power? Jesus never promised Christians popularity. And Jesus never promised Christians political prestige. The nations and all of their splendor. Let's remember, that was the devil's offer. Not Jesus's. And so, if I can be honest, I'm not so much concerned with the hashtags being used. What I want to know is, are black lives going to matter in white pulpits this morning? Are black lives going to matter in white Sunday school classes this morning? And are black lives going to matter in the small groups of white churches this morning? If I'm allowed to be honest. And to make matters worse, on top of all of this, coronavirus is still here. It's still just as contagious. It's still just as deadly. Churches are still shuttered up because of the virus. 
not meeting in person. And, and it's a hard decision to make. And we make it out of a deep concern for the health and the safety of our congregants. And so, my friends, it, it hurts when we can't gather together in person and hold hands with one another as we pray during this season. But you see, my friends, that's one of the messages we see from the book of Acts. Is that although the church building may not be opened, that does not mean that the church is sidelined. Although the physical church doors may be closed, that does not mean, my friends, that the church is out of order. Because you see, my friends... The church does not follow the directives of these earthly principalities or powers. The church does not follow the commands of the earthly authorities. The church does not bow before the dictates of a present social order. And the church is not subject to any earthly king. You see, my friends, the important thing to remember is even if the church building is closed, the church is still open. And I want to ask wherever you are, turn and tell someone the church is still open. Because you see, my friends, we know that the church is not a building. The church is the body of believers. And when the Spirit of God moves in this world, the church mobilizes. When the Spirit of God moves in this world, the church gets ready. When the Spirit of God moves in this world, the church needs to activate. Building or no building, my friends, the church is still open. That's the thing about our God, my friends. Our God is under no constraints to remain within these four walls. We may come here looking for this God, but that doesn't mean that our God by any means dwells only in here. That's one of the things that we learn from the book of Acts. The Spirit of God knows no boundaries and has no constraints. The Spirit of God is constantly on the move, constantly at work in this world. And when we read through the book of Acts, the question is not whether or not God will show up in the church. The question is whether or not the church will show up with God. Let me say that again. The question is not whether or not God will show up in the church. The question is whether or not the church will show up with God. Because God is living and active, and God is on the move. And what we learn in the book of Acts is that the apostles can barely keep up. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John go to the temple to pray. They go to the physical building where you expect to encounter the presence of God. They go to the temple to pray at the hour of prayer, at the hour when you expect God to show up, when you expect to meet with God. And there, at the temple, at the hour of prayer, a strange thing happens. You see, my friends, before they ever enter inside the building where you expect the, the encounter with God, they encounter a beggar, someone who's born lame. Peter turns to this man and says, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
And if you allow me to pause for just one moment to recognize something here inside of the text, notice what Peter says. We have no money, but what we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Notice what they do not have in this story and notice what they do have in this story. And you see, my friends, I want to pause and recognize this. Because in the age of COVID-19, in which we have moved our services onto a virtual format, if I can be honest with you, there is some worry among churches in our nation right now. There is a worry because without people coming to a physical building, giving is down. And bills still need to be paid. I read article after article of churches panicking. And that may drive, that may motivate some decisions to reopen quicker. But I want us to stop and to remember here, to stop and to recognize that the power that the church has is not necessarily in its finances. That the power that the church has is not necessarily in a bank account. That the power that the church has is in the name of Jesus Christ. And in all the things that Jesus Christ has commissioned us to do inside of this world, do not get me wrong, a physical building has expenses. But let's be honest for a second. We don't need a dime in our bank account to be the church in this world. We don't need a penny to our name to change lives. See, my friends, I, I want to get back to the central points here. This man is healed. The Spirit of God moves in this story. But look at where they are and look at where they are not. They had not yet made it inside the building. They were still outside of the official building where they had come to worship. They were still outside of the official building where they had come for prayer. They are still outside the official place where they came to encounter the presence of God. They are not yet inside the house of prayer. God is moving outside of the building. God is on the move out there. And you know the fascinating thing in this story? They never end up praying in that temple. They don't. They get arrested. They get threatened. They get released. They come back to their homes where they met with their friends and their family. And it's out there where the earth-shattering prayer takes place. It's out there where the presence of God shows up. God is not bound by our buildings, my friends. God is not bound by our buildings then, and God is not bound by our buildings now. As long as the Spirit of God is on the move, and the people of God are trying to keep up, and if I can be honest, it doesn't matter whether or not we have a car in our parking lot. The church is still open. And so it goes throughout the book of Acts. The Spirit of God is constantly on the move out there. Constantly going from one place to the next. From one person to the next. And the church can barely keep up. Acts chapter 8, the apostles hear that God is on the move north in Samaria. So Peter and John go to Samaria. God tells Philip that there is a hungry heart on the move to the south toward Gaza. So Philip goes south towards Gaza. There's no telling where you are going to encounter the presence of this God. 
It could be on the road to Rome, or it could be on the road to Damascus. One thing is for sure, though. God is not bound by our officially sanctioned buildings. And that's the thing with the book of Acts. The presence of God always begins working somewhere. And the question is, is the church going to keep up? Are the apostles going to show up? The Spirit of God is already in the move in, or on the move in a region or in a life before the church shows up. You see, my friends, in the book of Acts, the question is not whether or not God will show up in the church. The question is whether or not the church will show up with God. Can we be honest? Sometimes we get comfortable in our church buildings. We aren't careful. Our entire Christian life can come to revolve around this building. What makes us a Christian? We go to church. We go to the building on Sunday. We go to the building on Wednesdays. We bring food to the church fellowship meal. We volunteer at the church events. And if we aren't careful, then the only time that we pray, the only time that we seek the presence of our God, is when we're here in the building. We start to think that living out our faith out there only consists of inviting people to join us in here. We get comfortable with our buildings. And if we aren't careful, we can miss when the presence of God is on the move all around us. And you see, my friends, that is remarkably important. Because when we look up, when we look around, when we see young people gathering in our streets, whether or not they know Amos 5.24, they're flooding our streets, calling to let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like ever-flowing streams. People are hungry for it. Spirits are stirred for it. And now with cell phones, the entire world is beginning to see the injustices. Not just the injustices that take place across our nation, specifically the injustices that take place among black, and women, black women and men that they experience at the hands of police. Those injustices are called forth into the light. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Maybe this temporary hiatus from in-person services can be a blessing in disguise for us. Because it reminds us Christians that our mission is not to get comfortable in here. Our mission is to keep up with the presence of God on the move out there. My friends, as long as the people of God continue to make a difference out there, wherever injustice lets forth its battle cry, then the church is still open. As long as the people of God continue to make a difference out there, wherever despair lays siege to hope, then the church is still open. And as long as the people of God continue to make a difference out there, wherever violent words 
or actions desecrate the image of God in our neighbors, then whether or not we have a car in the parking lot, whether or not we have a person in a pew, whether or not we have a dime in the bank account, my friends, the church is still open. Last week, Pastor Dalco gave us some very concrete ways that we can continue supporting the calls for justice and change that are going on around us. Some very concrete ways that we can be the church out there. He said we can join organizations such as the NAACP that will fight these battles in the courts. We need to vote for elected representatives that will prioritize the changes that we need to see. And we need to vote not just in our national elections, but in our local elections as well. As many of you know, our some of our local elections were postponed from May to November due to COVID-19. You can go online right now to the Waco Elections website and apply for a mail-in ballot. As I read, I'm seeing election officials expressing concern about the impact of COVID-19 and our nation's lack of preparation on our elections in November. But if you are eligible in the state of Texas, you can go online and request a mail-in ballot. You can go on and apply for one. There are so many things we can do in the age of COVID-19 to still be the church out there. We can continue praying. We can call up some of our friends, get them on a conference call, pray together. But we can also remember that the most powerful prayers are the ones we act on, the ones that we live out. Find one way that you can be the church out there, even in the age of COVID-19. Because as long as we can keep up with the Spirit of God that is on the move in this world, as long as we can continue to make a difference out there, my friends, the church is still open. Amen. Praise the Lord. We want to thank Pastor Nick for that message. The church needs to be the church in this hour. There's much that we can do, and it's time for the church to be the church. Uh, I just want to, you know, follow up with just a few things. Um, as I listened to that, as I, God was speaking to me as he preached, and I looked at that text, and that text Peter, the disciples, they don't give him a handout. They empower him. You know, I've heard from a lot of my white brothers and sisters, what can I do? What can I do? Look, we don't need the handout any longer. 
We need some folk that are willing to empower us, black and brown. See, Peter says, I, I don't have any money to give you. Silver and gold, I don't have. But he gave him something much greater. He healed him. In other words, what I'm trying to say right now is that we don't need scraps. Don't give us your leftovers. I need a life-changing something right now for black and brown. Peter empowered this brother. And that's what we need from our white brothers and sisters right now. We need to be empowered with the ability to get up. I need you to do a good. I don't need you to do a good and then just walk away. Help me walk. Watch this. Watch this. Help me walk in equal banking for black and brown. Help me walk in good education in urban areas. Help me walk in ensuring that I can get good and affordable health care. Help me walk. Help me walk. In the judicial system where, where I'm not criminalized because of the color of my skin. Help me walk. That walk. Help me walk by giving me an opportunity to make a living wage. Help me walk. Help me walk and giving me the opportunities to be interviewed and allowing me to grow into some positions. Help me walk. Peter, help this brother walk. That's what we need. That's what we're calling for now. No longer, no more handouts. We want to walk. We're ready to walk. We're ready to walk and we're ready for somebody to come alongside of, alongside of us and help us walk and not only be equal, but to be included and to have equity as the outcome. Help me walk. Come on, somebody at the sound of my voice right now, you ought to stand up and begin to walk. I said earlier, this is not a moment. This is a movement. And all across our nation right now, we've got protesters saying that I, I don't want a handout. I want to be healed. I want to walk today. It's time for black and brown to walk. Help us walk. Help us walk all across this country. We want to be empowered in this particular movement to walk. To walk and not have limitations in life. To walk where our black sons and brown sons can reach without having ceilings and being confined to certain places and outcomes help us walk i'm walking i believe and we're declaring now that we're going to walk 
for justice. We're walking. We're walking. It's time for us to walk. If you're ready to walk and walk with us, why don't you just stand up at this time and know that Jesus will come alongside of you and walk with you. If you need him this morning, if you need Christ this morning to walk alongside of you, we invite you right now. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know where, what you're going through, but I know that he will come alongside you and walk with you. So won't you rise up and give God an opportunity this morning to walk into a new chapter, a new joy, a new hope, a new mercy. The Bible says that new every morning are his mercies. It's a new day. It's a new day. Come on, let's walk into our new day. It's a new day for a new joy, a new time, a new breakthrough. We declare that things will never be the same again because we are walking into a better future and we are committed to seeing it through. And we know that God will walk with us. Come on, I need some walkers right now. Come on, walk, walk for liberty. Walk for healing in this land. Walk right now for equal and fair treatment. Walk right now. We walk for justice and we tear down the evils of injustice. We walk for freedom. Walk. Hi, my name is Nicholas Worse. I'm the executive minister here at One Fellowship Church in Waco, Texas. I just want to say thank you for listening. You can learn more about our church online at onefellowshipumc.org. And you can like us on Facebook to stay up to date with all the latest events in our community. Please feel free to share this message and others online so that more people can learn about what God is doing here at One Fellowship. Thank you and God bless.